Hey everyone, let me ask you a quick question. Are you creating too much content without actually having a plan to get that in front of your audience? Well, this episode is brought to you by Content Repurposing Roadmap. This is my flagship course where I take you step-by-step -step through my content repurposing strategy. You'll get proven systems, real-life examples, and fill-in-the-blank templates to help you get started. If you want to get more out of every piece of content you're creating, you can enroll for this course at contentrepurposingroadmap.com. Hey everybody, before we get started, I want to thank my friends at Hatch for producing this episode. You can get unlimited podcast editing and strategy for one flat rate by visiting hatch.fm. All right, let's get in the show. Welcome to Distribution First, the show where we flip content marketing on its head and focus on what happens after you hit publish. Each week I share playbooks, motivations, stories, and strategies to help you repurpose and distribute your content because you deserve to get the most out of everything you create. All right, awesome to have you all here for another episode of Distribution First. This one has been one that I've been looking for, honestly, before I even decided to launch the show. Today, I have Stephen Pope on with me, and he helps folks create good video at scale. That's all he does, and then automate it as well. And so I'm super excited to have you on, Stephen. Welcome. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. This is great. And I think the reason, one of the main reasons... I'm excited to have you on is because you've sort of evolved in my, I, we met on LinkedIn, met through yeah. LinkedIn, you know, over the last couple of years. And so it's been cool to see you sort of evolve and change your strategy, but then also change how you're helping people. I don't want you obviously to go in, into some big diatribe, but can you maybe talk about what you're doing right now as far as helping people create video at scale and kind of your process there? Yeah. So number one, I always, you know, it, it kind of depends on where someone is, but if somebody is not creating video. That's the first place is like, how do we create really good video? How do we create a single dollar of revenue from putting a video online and having them become your client ultimately? I, and most of the people I work with, at least on that, that side of things are like people building personal brand to sell services, products, that kind of thing, digital products. And then if you're somebody that's like a big YouTuber or you're an agency that's doing a lot of content creation and you're trying to scale that up, like how do you scale that? and do a lot more of it, distribute it, you know, kind of doing the Gary Vee thing, but like with a cost-effective team. And, um, you know, most people don't have 50 people to help you do that. So in a nutshell, that's kind of how I focus things. Yeah, cool. Because I think there's two things that you do really, two or three things that you do really, really well that I know folks that I work with, that I help with around this idea, but also just, I think, maybe the echo chambers and the, the places that I'm in with B2B and LinkedIn, and they're areas that people aren't always great at. So video is a huge one. I think, you know, even with podcasting getting better, I think that's helping sort of the barrier to entry there, but people are still really hesitant to shoot and create original content on video. Right. And then the distribution side of that, like you said, like being able to get that out in multiple ways and put it on multiple channels. So I'd love to touch on that as well. And then obviously the automation side of like, what are those pieces of tech that, can kind of tie those pieces together. So that's kind of the three areas that I want to hit. So let's start with video first. So I just kind of like your take on the overall landscape of, I feel I was looking at some old notes the other day from, I went to social media marketing world in 2020, right before the pandemic. 
and I was looking through my notes. It was in an old notebook and it was like all about how video is going to be king and it's this and it had all these notes. And I was like, these are all st- like if somebody wrote this and gave this presentation in 2023, it would still be just as true because I feel like we haven't made traction on video as well. So I don't know if you feel that same way or not, but yeah, I do too. I think a lot of it comes down to like, and I've actually kind of like, these are like developments that I've had more recently where I've, I've realized that people ultimately have to believe in some of these things and like kind of commit to them. They come down to the, some of these fundamental beliefs because I think everyone has this like limiting belief, like it's not going to work for me or, or it just doesn't work for my industry. And I, I was actually just making a video on this today, but it does kind of come back to some of those fundamental beliefs because like in order for you to create revenue from video, like it, it is going to have to be a good video, right? Like you can't escape that. And so I think, you know, for someone that isn't experienced with video or maybe they're early in their, their online career, like that might be a little bit daunting, but you know, if you believe in it and you kind of learn like how to deliver a message and you're an expert at something like you'll get there. But I think that's a big reason why there's still a lot of people not doing it. Right. It takes some time to kind of figure that stuff out and how to deliver a message. And this, and this is just a natural skill that you have. It certainly wasn't for me. I, I was terrified of doing video before I started. Totally. Yeah. Same. I mean, I, I remember some of the first videos I've thought about going and digging this up because I mean, I've been posting pretty regularly on, on LinkedIn, you know, for three years now. And I remember the, I bet if I know I posted a video early on and I can like vividly see like the horrendous shadows and, you know, how I probably (laughs) did it and set it up. I can just, I can picture it, how bad it was. But I think what you said there is important and this is true of a lot of skills, but video in, in particular is like, it's going to take time for you to get comfortable talking to, I mean, you know, talking to a camera or looking into it in a particular way or having those things or setting it up right or being able to take two minutes worth of ideas and condense them down into 60 seconds that are succinct. You know, all of those skills take time. And yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard because like, you know, just like the same way it is, it's hard to say what you do in a short, concise way. Right. Like, but like, the more comfortable you get and the the more you learn what people really care about, the easier it is to do that. Because I think what a lot of the times it's just like, you don't really know what people want. And so you're in this situation where you're like trying to cover all the bases. You're like, oh, they need to know this and they need to know that. But like what I found was really interesting is that, and this is probably one of the best insights is that you're going to learn all the things you need to learn by actually doing it. And so like when I first got onto TikTok and I started creating videos, they certainly were all over the place. And it was really interesting because I started getting on a few of the sales calls and like people were like, you know, hey, the reason why I reached out to you is like, there's a lot of people that say they'll help you grow on TikTok, but like I saw your systems and I was really interested. Like you were the only person I saw that had a system. And I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. And then like, I just started getting a wave of these calls like, hey, I'm here because of your system. And so I was like, oh, wow. Like, like people want that system. And then I like through more and more conversations, I had started to learn what that system actually was. Because like when someone says I want a system, to me, that meant something specific. But to them, I started to find that there was all these little nuances of what the system meant for them. Like some people, it was like, how do you create the ideas? How do you come up with ideas? Other people, it was like, oh, what software do you use? So like this idea of a system is pretty nuanced as well. And like, unless you go through the process of going through that, then you don't you never come up with something concise to say. And that's why now I say, I help you create persuasive video at scale. And it's only because that like people were like, Hey, I want to be able to create persuasive video. 
I want to scale distribution. And I heard that so many times. I was like, well, I better just say it. And now I can say what I do in like four words. Right. Which is super impactful to be able to, you know, narrow that down. That's the genius of it, right? That's cool. Yeah. The cool thing too is like you only figured that out, A, by creating the content. Like it's cool to see like the content that you created shifted how you were doing business right? based right. on the conversations you were able to have. I see this all the time with my business. I think it's an untapped thing for even like a large scale B2B business when they're creating content. Like it's not just to like get a message out and kind of be this one way brick wall that you are getting your message out to your audience. It's with social, LinkedIn, TikTok, Twitter, with all of these sort of YouTube, all these places where you can not only create content for, but interact with your audience almost in real time, it allows you to quickly get those data points and shift what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I think those are some of the hardest things that like when I'm talking to people, like the main thing is like, so, like how long does it take before I get a client? And I think that's a fair question to ask because it's like, that's why most of us are doing these things, but it kind of glazes over all of the real, the journey that you go on and how that's beneficial to you and like product improvements, new products, messaging, like, or you get an insight, like uh, Kajabi reached out to me at one point, like they messaged me on, on LinkedIn because somebody posted a TikTok in their Facebook group. Like when that first happened, I was like, wow, that's actually way more interesting than somebody just seeing a video and booking a call with me. Cause it's like, now you're, the distribution is happening from people seeing stuff and putting you in other communities. That's like, that's mm -hmm. real scale, right? You know, and it's hard to educate somebody on all those nuances and things that could happen. Like when they're just worried about like, how am I going to look on camera? Like they're so focused on some of these insecurities or what do I say that like some of those nuances, it's just hard to digest it all, I guess. Yeah. And that's probably some of the process. And that's the thing too. When you think about distribution with the content, that's why the content has to be good at the top. Right. And I'm sure like, you know, putting a lot and maybe you, I don't know how you work with your clients, but maybe it's like, maybe some of the early stuff we don't even distribute, <laughs> you know, maybe some of that early stuff we get recorded, we don't even really necessarily do anything with. We're just like, getting the rhythms down in our feet with it. I don't know. Like, what do you do? Everyone's different, right? Because yeah. like, part of the thing is like, sometimes people get stuck on different things. Like sometimes sure. like someone's like, cause like, here's like, obviously having a good camera, having a good mic, all these things are important, but it's not important if you just never record anything. So sometimes a client will come to me and they're like, oh, I want to use this nice camera and the mic and everything. And then they just go out that weekend and they buy it all and they set it up. And then on Monday we're doing something and that's great. Cool. That's going to be better for you. But like, if you get really stuck and like you're fumbling around with equipment and then you don't set it up and then you don't do this and like, that's a different story. So I kind of have to hone in on everyone. And at a certain point, like sometimes people drag on so long that I'm just like, Hey, you got to get a video out there and have that success. So I, it kind of comes down to like a personal thing for each person. But I do tell people that, yeah, it's like, you don't have to publish the video. Sure. I'm curious. Obviously, I know you, you have the systems. This is why people are coming to you. And I think ultimately having a system is a smart way to go about it. I am curious though, like how do you sort of frame out again, every client's different, but maybe just generalize, like you've got this video, they're like, what are they recording? What are they doing? Like, is it a 10 minute thing? Like 
And then what's your initial distribution plan off of that? Is it like X clips to TikTok, X clips to like, I'd love to kind of have you talk through that. Yeah. So that's kind of like strategy in the very beginning. It's like, there's just a few like data points that I look at to help somebody get going. It's like, okay, so like, where are you going to put this content? That's usually where I start. Cause it's like, like that helps you eliminate a bunch of other decisions. Yep. So like, if we're going to pick LinkedIn, like, I'm like, okay, well, do you have a little bit of time to do some networking on LinkedIn? Because if you just post the content, like, meh, maybe it's not going to do so well. Right. So like, if you're going to pick LinkedIn, that's a great choice, but are you going to have time to go out there and network? If so, okay, maybe that's going to work. If you're not, and you just want to post content and get attention as quickly as possible, then maybe TikTok's the place. And then you kind of have to decide, okay, now based off of where I'm going to distribute, how am I going to record it? Are we going to do the selfie, like talking to the camera, like give a directed message? which has these advantages and these disadvantages. The advantage is it's this really tailored message and you get good at doing that. And that's a really great skill. The downside is you're always coming up with ideas and recording videos and that that has a certain stress on people. So is it going to be that or is it going to be the podcast or are you going to record or are you going to go on podcasts? So it's, it's some of those initial quick decisions that we have to make to get the ball rolling and like reduce the overwhelm of, of so many choices. And then recording them and then starting to push them out and just see what happens. Cool. So you're not even, it's not even one frame or one set of videos. You might be repurposing their podcast interviews of ones that they go on to then be distributed out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. But then like you have to ask yourself, okay, are you going to be able to get yourself on enough podcasts? Mm -hmm. Right. So for me at this point, it's really easy to get booked on podcasts. So I can create a lot of content really easily from that. But like, if you don't have any sort of following or any mechanism to get on, then that's not going to be viable upfront unless you put in a lot of effort to do that. Right. Yeah. And then like every choice is hard, right? Like if you start a podcast, yeah, you get to pull the clips, right? That's cool. Like you don't have to make all the individual videos, but now you got to build a podcast. You got to schedule interviews and like do that. So like there's a few options. There's advantages and disadvantages to all of them. Out of all the choices, what's going to get you going and just go for it. And then I usually try to get people to keep going one way or the other, because like if you switch, there's going to be a difficulty somewhere else. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always a time to switch and try something else, but you're always going to hit some sort of blocker. So don't switch just because it's hard. Yeah. It's funny because you're you know, this show's distribution first. And I think your strategy or your initial, even if you wouldn't necessarily, I'm hearing like, yeah, that's a distribution first strategy that you're using. Like the LinkedIn side of it is so key. And I do the same thing with the companies that I work with because it's like, you want to be on YouTube. Okay, like who knows YouTube at your company? Like who are you going to hire to then help you do YouTube? Or who's going to keep track of it? Or- like, are you doing shorts? Like, do you know anything about short strategy? Do you know, like, there's all these levels, like just, you said, like LinkedIn and networking. Yeah. Like just posting on LinkedIn, isn't going to cut it. You have to be able to network. You have to be able to like reach out to people, connect in DMS. Like it's a whole thing. I'm sure TikTok's a, another way. So like by understanding where you want to distribute that content, it actually might, and probably does alter what content you end up helping them create. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it ends up shaping the whole plan because YouTube, like I'm on YouTube, I'm trying to grow my YouTube channel, but that's a hard place to grow. 
and like what I do notice is like we were talking about like video. Like a lot of times, I think people like they start the podcast because it's easy-ish and it's a good way to get going. But like sometimes, like maybe a little bit more strategy behind it is going to be important, right? Because like sometimes it's good to just say like just get going, just do something. Mm -hmm. That's good for some people, but for other people, like you do want to be more strategic about it. And if you just lazily create a podcast, and if you just lazily push it to YouTube, and that's all you do to it, like no one's going to see it, like literally no one. Yep. Because YouTube's not going to push that kind of content out. Like nobody knows who you are. You're you're probably not even going to put a good thumbnail. Like there's all these things that actually make all this stuff work. And so like you can use YouTube as like a place to put your video in the beginning, but you got to get some early traction somewhere else to even get people to know that you have some of these longer mm. form things. Mm -hmm. It's like we're trying to take similar mentalities that we either used to have or still have with like blogs. Like I'll just publish it and people will like know it's there, you know, like or right, Google right. might pick it up. It's almost the exact same. Like I'll post it to YouTube and like, people will find it or maybe YouTube will like serve it up in search. And it's like, it's almost that exact same mentality mapped on video content instead of written content. Yeah. And, and in fact, YouTube probably did try to show it to a couple people, but it probably just didn't know what he clicked on it. Cause like mm. for the most part, like me and you, like in terms of the grand scheme of things, like at least right now, things will change, but like we don't have like these recognizable faces across the globe, you know? So like if somebody sees our thumbnail, they're not going to do anything. One thing that is interesting is like one of my early interviews was with uh, Justin Welsh. And that was one of the, my early YouTube videos that did get traction. It has a lot of views mm. because he has, right? Because he has the brand. Right. And so like, that's one of my videos that was early that actually did do well. But like all of the ones that have done well since has been more about how did I get early traction on it? How did I learn what YouTube wants? How did I create titles that attracted people? That kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, there's so much nuance that goes in, into each one of these channels now. I think that's one thing that's just generally overlooked. Like you, you brought up thumbnails, right? Like good thumbnails, great titles, like not even a good title is going to cut it anymore. Like great title, descriptions, like all of those things that go into it beyond just like, I'm going to go into Canva and slap my thumbnail up there and then call it a day. Right. Yeah. I talk to a lot of big YouTubers now and like they go into like a lot of depth on those thumbnails. Like they'll create the thumbnail before they create the video. Wow. And you know, like they're looking at stats like this, like, oh, if I change this thumbnail out to a different one, I get 2% more click-through rate. Mm. But like on YouTube, you're looking for all those like little metrics to like boost your video. So like, there's a lot of like nuance and work that goes into something like that. And um, I think for most people, when they're getting started, that's a little overwhelming. It's overwhelming for me to like do all of that. Totally. But I'm starting to notice the benefit. I'm starting to get business off of YouTube and, and that kind of thing. So like the confirmation of getting business from all these actions is always something that's good to race towards because it reinforces all of those rocky beliefs that you might have. Mm, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like, I also think there's just something like whether it's video, whether it's podcast, whether it's like being able to get your face and your voice and your like that touch point, that added touch point is so like, 
I feel almost underrated in today's world. Like if I, right. if, if somebody listens to my show for 20 minutes or even 10 minutes, yeah. the amount of connection they feel by listening to this show versus seeing me show up in their LinkedIn feed every day for 15 seconds. Right, right. You can't even probably make the math on that. Yeah, we're too short-sighted, I think, ultimately. Like we want the results too fast. I think that's the hardest part with all of this stuff, right? It's like, it's just like, what I do find interesting though, is like a lot of people can go to networking groups and kind of put the work in there. I mean, some people mm -hmm. don't, but like most people don't go to, I mean, we, I guess we all kind of have that feeling like we're going to go to one meeting and get a, but like people put the work in that way. But like when it's like, it, maybe it's just because there's so many different things you have to learn and you have to do the video and then you got to do this and you got, so maybe it's just daunting. I think to tie it even back to what you said in the beginning, I do think it is a belief thing, you know, like even with folks that I talk through things on the distribution side and the repurposing side, like you have to believe that's something you want to do. You have to believe that's a shift in how you want to create content and build your content engine. You have to completely shift what that looks like and not try to just crank a lever and like measure this type of content like a paid ad or an SEO keyword article yeah. or something, you know what I mean? So like, I'm curious, how do you go through those conversations with the people you work with in terms of like expectations? Are there like leading indicators you look at to try to like, obviously the best indicator is like call booked, like client, all that. But like, what are those things you're kind of looking for as you're distributing this content across the internet? Yeah. So it depends a little bit. I always am showing people like where people got really good, fast results. Cause I think that's like, always encouraging like a client where they get onto TikTok and they like literally have 50,000 followers within a few weeks mm -hmm. and then kind of talking about why that might've happened. Number one, the person just started creating a bunch of videos and got over themselves and they were touching on some emotional points that people care about. And so that's going to resonate and go or how somebody was able to take repurposed content and have a video that got a lot of views and a lot of traction, showing some of those examples so people can kind of see themselves doing it. And then also reminding people why they're doing it, they're doing it to get an impact. And that sometimes just getting some comments saying, hey, that was a really good video. Thanks for doing that. Can you tell me more about this? Can you tell me more about that? I mean, quite frankly, that was a lot of my initial traction was just people saying, hey, you're making cool videos. So I think those are kind of, those are the leading indicators, just like people responding, interacting with you or hating on you. <laughs> you know, that's actually probably a really good indicator. Just someone being like, I got one of those today. So yeah, I know how it feels. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it kind of hurts and stings a little bit, but it's probably actually a really good thing because you're, you're creating some emotion out there. You're creating that divide. Everyone's a little bit different. Like you can purposefully try to do that. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing as long as it's done with goodwill and good intentions, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you need an opinion. You need a take on something. If right. you don't have a take on something, if there's no pain you're trying to agitate, if there's no philosophical problem you're trying to solve, if there's no emotion you're trying to tap into, why would, nobody's going to pay attention to that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's why I like when sometimes I have clients or I see people that aren't having good results, I can tell like they're just doing like this general brand awareness, like general content. Like even if you have a very successful company, like you're doing 10 million, $20 million a year, if you just come out with that generic 
like branding advice or general business advice. I think it's pretty hard to grow that way because there's so many other people out there with bigger voices out there that have done $100 million companies, $200 million companies, a billion dollar companies talking about those same things. And so like, you have to like kind of niche your way into something, say something that other people aren't saying. Like you often talk about how you don't have to create content every week. You can continue to reuse things over and over again. And that's something that I've noticed that you say that's different than what other people are saying. And that's ultimately why I kept niching down into things. Like I'm good at systems and technology and, and I got good at doing video. And so if I just focus in on that stuff and talk about those things, it's just something that nobody else is talking about. Yeah. And that's the only way that you can really stand out, right? Like, especially if you have like a commodity type service, like you're a CPA or a financial advisor or those different things, like you're going to need to tap into like emotions people are having, like why they can't sleep at night, not just like how to do your Roth 401k, like, cause everyone says that. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, in the marketing space, even I like, or like, are you just a graphic designer? Are you just another copywriter? Are you, an, you know, like content strategist? Like, you know, right, what's yeah. the bend? You know, like that's been a huge, like you mentioned the repurposing and distribution stuff. Like, yeah, unknowingly, that's what I niched myself into. And again, obviously, like it's just a piece of a larger content strategy that you're building out, much like systems, automations, and video, like you're obviously doing way more with your clients than just that specific thing. Right. But you pierce the veil with, exactly. with that, right? Because like, there's lots of people that will help you get on video. Totally. I bought a course that helped me get on video, right? Like, so I think I'm pretty good at it, but like, I'm certainly not the only one, but I, I really am the only one doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I did stumble into it just kind of like how you did, but I did it. I stumbled into it semi-purposefully by just doing things and improving and then talking about what those improvements were. And it just so happened your unique ability and my unique ability allowed us to go deeper than anyone else on that thing. And then we can come up with something that stands out. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, and I'm sure you work on this with your clients, I work on it with mine, is coming up with some of those core themes that you want to talk about, those core opinions, those core thoughts, not being afraid or worried to repeat those things right yeah over and over again you know i was just talking to somebody this morning and they said you know internally we're already over our own internal messaging right and it's like oh i've been there i feel that like where we talk about it so much internally and we're going to shift our positioning and all that stuff and then by the time you get out in the world you're bored of it already it's like the world has just started to see it yeah that's one of the hardest things because nobody else even knows what you're talking about yet and that happens, to, like I'm a technology guy, I like to learn and move, right? So I'm always tempted to just be like, let's change this, the positioning, like, mm. and like people haven't even really learned the previous one. And so you have to have like a lot of patience to stick around on something and talk about the same things over and over again. And sometimes getting external validation to help you stay centered on that is a good thing too. Like. But like, I'll create TikToks that are just slightly different than the other ones. I'll use the same hooks over and over again. And uh, it feels kind of cheap sometimes. It's like the best way I can put it, but mm. it's not because people didn't see that video. Like a lot of your videos are not absorbed by anybody. <laughs> That's very true. Especially when you're talking about like, I was thinking about this the other day, like so much social TikTok, I'm not on TikTok, but I'm sure like TikTok, YouTube shorts is this way because I see it. 
they give you the counts of the, you know, the views on that video, unlike, you know, LinkedIn or some other places, but this is, it's throwaway content. You know, it's like, it's here, it's here for, I mean, in some cases minutes. Yeah. If you're lucky a few days, like LinkedIn will sometimes piece things out a little bit. That's like the only channel I've ever seen do anything like that. Most stuff is so, it's almost just like, I'm going to see if it sticks and if it doesn't. So I think that that's a freedom. That's like a freedom people should have when they're creating that content is like, don't yeah. overthink it. Like just go make stuff and see what works. Yeah. And, and like, it's this weird duality. It's like this video could be absolutely nothing, or it could be something really big for you. Right. So you have to, every time you make a video, you have to have that kind of judgment where you're like, well, I'm just going to stop over obsessing about this video because I got a bunch of other stuff to do. On the other hand, maybe another day you spend a couple hours on a video that's only 30 seconds for whatever reason. And there's no rhyme or reason to that sometimes. So I, I've been spending a little bit more time with my team into script, like crafting short form videos and like cutting out more fat and trying to reposition things to make them better, spending probably more time than it feels is worthy on some of these videos. But in the end, that's it's not really true because you're developing these skills and your team is going to develop the skills. You're going to get better at honing in on your message and knowing what's important and respecting people's time. And so like, it's this weird duality of like the video could absolutely have zero impact and nobody ever saw it, or it could go viral and change your life. And if you have that duality and you, you respect your time when you need to put it somewhere else, but you also put in the time to improve the video when you need to, like, that's kind of like, I think how you can stay sane in the, and put in the investment, you know, over time. Yeah. Cause it's like those reps are going to add up over time. Yeah. Those at bats. I love golf. So like. You know what I mean? Like you go out and you might play a horrible round of golf, but that doesn't mean like you don't necessarily learn something. Maybe it was just something in that day or whatever, but like right. you're taking how many swings, how many putts, you're seeing a thing a specific way. And I think like creating content is really no different. Like, and again, totally, you could have one thing blow up and you just don't know what that thing is going to be. Yeah. And like there are sometimes where you like refactor a video and you're like, whoa, I made that way better. Mm. Especially with the short form stuff. Like, I'll go into the middle of a clip, pull that out and put it in the front because that's the meat of it. And then f I'll be able to f realize that, oh, you know, I could just rearrange the whole clip. No one would know the better. Like it still works, which is kind of interesting if you know how Descript works. Yeah. Yeah. I know you do, but like the audience, yeah, like yeah. it's a tool that lets you kind of redo a video, like a, it's a Word document and you can totally rearrange things and just like change how you even said something. And it will come off as natural and you could put the most important part at the front, just like how Gary Vee does with his videos. Like he has the hook in the beginning and then he shows you the whole video. Mm -hmm. But like, if you start a, like on TikTok, especially if you start a video, just like in the middle of some random thought and you're meandering through, like people will just be gone. And so like, you have to hit the nail on the head on that first couple of words. And so that developing those skills to find that nugget and move it where it needs to be is kind of a really important. Yeah, there's a real art, kind of an art to it, the more that I've studied it. And I'm just, obviously with the podcast and stuff, I'm just starting to like dabble into some of that. I haven't even launched the YouTube channel yet because like we talked about, it's a much bigger undertaking than I'm willing to to take yeah. on right now. But as somebody who consumes a lot of shorts and a lot of like short form content, like there is an arc, like there's the loop style, there's the oh, right, like yeah. cutting off just as much 
dead space as possible, like just right, J right. cut after J cut, like music. There's a whole bunch of different things you can do that just taking a clip and putting a different soundtrack behind it can completely change the emotional vibe, right, right, yeah. you know, and any of that stuff. And to kind of go back to the beginning where you're like, like, how do you get over some of the, these initial beliefs? When I did learn how to script out a video and I literally learned the ability to like, by changing the words, make it feel more valuable by articulating the gap that I was helping someone close a little bit better, simplifying the idea that made me feel like the content was worth it. Right. So like in college, when I learned the topic sentence in an essay, and that if you put the topic sentence at the beginning, your essay is going to be a lot better. And I was like, oh yeah, it's so simple. Like you just put that there and now this is a much better piece and it's going to be more valuable. So when I, when you get in the weeds a little bit and you start to learn the nuance that are there and you feel like, man, I can make these little minute changes and like the quality of the video gets better. That's pretty interesting and starts to make you feel like you have a little bit more power to create something valuable that's going to stand out from everyone else because you're developing the skill essentially to articulate value and make it more valuable. Like basically you have an idea, but the more you shave it and the more you articulate it and the more you, you know, spread the gap between where someone is and where they can be, then the better the video is. And like, so if I do that 10 times and every time, like my 10 videos are better than somebody else that did it 10 times, I'm going to get a little more traction than that person will. So it's like a competitive sport. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, I can't believe it. We're already like post, at least on my timer, post 36 <laughs> minutes of talking. I feel like we just started. We didn't even touch on like half the things. It's all good, man. This is important stuff. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, like you said, these conversations are important because I think I know for the folks that I've been talking to, I used to work for a company that made video editing software. Like, oh, right, yeah. I've been doing podcasting for a while. Like, I get it. It's not too out of, you know, out of right, left field, right. but there's such a gap in the it knowledge is, yeah. in terms of like folks to just get in there and try it. And I think like, honestly, now, like I use my iPhone as my camera. Like, yeah, it turns out too, it's lot, pretty yeah. good, you know, like it's pretty good. Like you can get by with it's an, really with an iPhone, you know? And so like, I think now that the technology has been changing, like, you absolutely can start testing these things out, trying these things. It doesn't have to be crazy. Like, and, and it evolves, right? Like when you started video, I know for a fact, right? Like you used to have a green screen and stuff like, and you've changed and you've altered what that looks like now. And that's okay. You know, that, yeah. that's how it should be. Don't expect to like jump in and get it all, you know, right, right at the beginning. Yeah. In fact, it wasn't so long ago that I was using that and like, it was still a webcam and it didn't really look that good but I was still running a business off of it. And so like, I just know that like when I redid this studio here, it took me a couple of weeks to dial it in. And like, I'm not really a lighting expert. And like, if a lighting expert saw it, he'd probably be like, you could still do better. But like that took a while. And like the biggest bang for the buck you can get in the beginning is like saying something that somebody cares about. Like, it doesn't matter if you've got good captions or good lighting. Like if it's just garbage, it's garbage. Like, So true. That is such a good point. Man, yeah. So be that person that can just set it up all on the weekend because you could, like if you didn't worry so much about stuff, like you could just set up a nice studio in the weekend. And But some people just get caught up because I think they're actually mm -hmm. really just delaying the, they're trying to perfect it and they're really just coming up with a way to sabotage their <laughs> presence on the camera. Yeah, I th and I think that's maybe a good point to kind of wrap on too is like, 
at the end of the day, I talk a lot about distribution, repurposing, all the stuff we even touched on today. But like, if it's bad at the top, if the message you're saying it isn't resonating, if the opinions you have aren't interesting, if the takes you're putting out in the world aren't good, if you can't communicate it effectively, it doesn't matter. You could have a professional, you know, you could go get yeah. set up with a professional to come in and set it all up for you. It's still not going to be any good. Right, right. Yeah. And then all while knowing that, being okay with starting out, knowing that it might not be good, but mm -hmm. focusing on making it good as quickly as possible. Right. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah. I mean, nail down your messages, nail down where you want to distribute that content on, because that's going to inform what you create. Like you talked about, like that's going to inform what you even want to create, but spend way more time in kind of like the planning and the understanding. Like if I would have started this podcast, I'm sure if you would have started your stuff too, like there is a benefit of just starting, you know, I, I right. talk about that a lot too. Like there is benefit to like starting and figuring it out. But yeah. I started not blindly into like, right. like I knew, like, you know what I mean? Like I had been writing on LinkedIn. I had a newsletter. I knew what people cared about. And so it's like, okay, I'm, we're just going to talk about these things now. It's not like I went in and just like, well, I guess I'm going to talk about this and see if it sticks. And there's some context to that as well, right? Like if you're 20, you have no products and you have no real experience, maybe just starting is the thing to do, right? Because like, you're not going to be able to hone your message. You're not going to be able to come up with all the branding, like, cause all that revolves around like who you want your audience to be and all that stuff. So like maybe in those cases, it makes more sense just to start and to do. If you're like an established business that, you know, you have like a lot of testimonials, lots of reviews, spending more time up front on that strategy makes a lot more sense because like you have a lot more tangible things to discuss and hone. And you probably don't want to waste a bunch of time, right? So the context right. of where you and your business are probably play a role in like how much planning you do versus how much you don't. Yeah. If you've got that sort of base strategy, a, even a base little light content strategy of who you're trying to go after, we've got customer interviews where we've talked to people. We know what our product does well and doesn't. Okay, great. Now we've got a bank where we can actually go through and start to narrow that in for this particular type of content or right, right. you know, this particular message. So- well, awesome, man. Definitely, I'm going to have to have you on again because there's a whole side of technology <laughs> yeah, and automation to. and how we tie all these things together. Um, <laughs> I would highly advise the audience to go check out Steven's channel on YouTube because I love that. I love your YouTube channel, Steven. I didn't even tell you this cool. before the call. Like, I appreciate like you that. told me about it a couple uh, weeks ago when we first chatted again. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. And so I started watching the videos and it's, there's really helpful stuff in there. And I'm not even an Airtable guy, but like what you do with Airtable is cool. It's like even making me tempted to like dabble with figure it. Out, I got to, I got to figure out Steven's system here. <laughs> like it's really, um, it's really good. So I'd encourage everybody to go check that out. Just really good stuff in terms of like how to automate some of your systems, how to automate some of the things you're doing. The stuff with like chat GPT you're doing is super intriguing. Yeah. Again, not necessarily to create the content, but to to pull stuff out. So Steven's got a ton of stuff on YouTube. I, I just go suggest uh, checking that out. And then I don't know if there's anything else you want to say, uh, promote or anything before we take off, but I'll give you the floor, Steven. Yeah. I mean, my YouTube channel, I also have a, a community that I started, Content Academy, and it's just entrepreneurs oh, cool. using video, trying to scale, trying to build out their businesses. And so like, that's just a free community. I got some courses in there. You could find that on my YouTube channel. 
you can go to academy.sgplabs.com if you want to go directly there. But it's pretty easy to find me if you type Stephen G. Pope. You got to put the G in there, otherwise you get the yeah, Amazon the guy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again, Stephen. Blast having you on here. I'm going to have to have you on again sometime soon, and we'll uh, jam all things tech and automation. Sounds good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Stephen. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Distribution First. And thank you for listening all the way through. I appreciate you so, so much. And I hope you're able to apply what you learned in this episode one way or another into your content strategy as well. Speaking of strategy, we have a lot of things going on this year that are going to help you build your brand, 10x your content, and transform the way you do content marketing. Make sure to subscribe to the show and sign up for my newsletter at justinsimon.co so you don't miss a thing. I look forward to serving you in the next episode as well. And until then, take care and I'll see you next time.